rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Aths. Hello everybody and welcome, that's right, right across the SCN Radio Network, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. This, on a different time, a little earlier with the big bash about to fire on up, is the House of Aths. Johnny Steph in the house. Where, where are you, Johnny? Hey Cameron, good to hear your voice again. And yes, uh, you mentioned the Big Bash mm-hmm. before I tell you where I actually am. Yes. Um, but it is officially a start of the Australian summer athletic season, just like that. Unbelievable. Uh, Budapest. And we were talking about how much we had so much to talk about and, uh, and how quick the season rolls over um, for definitely for the Southern Hemisphere athletes. Um, and we saw these performances at Epic. But no, currently I'm in, uh, in Bali, Cameron. Uh, Enjoy what are you doing? Beautiful people of Indonesia. Uh, oh mate, I do many things, but no, no <laughs> I came out here to. I, no, I came out here to uh, to catch up with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them would have seen him on SAS with me. His name's Kobe Abedin. Yes, he's a famous big big wave surf. Those that loved uh, mm-hmm. surfing as a sport, and uh, we just went out looking looking at some waves and some land and. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's been awesome, man. I, I was actually just sitting in a text now, going, "Man, I feel like I've, I felt I felt like I've left heaven." So the, the area that we went to, so um, it's been awesome, mate. But um, but I sat think tranquil and relaxed about uh, last week at the Zatapec, man. It was, um, it's yeah, it's it's. I, I got some reservations on certain performances. Oh, go on. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I will talk about that as as uh, as we discuss more. But uh, I think the usual suspects stood up and. Uh, and, and, and showed their hand, and um, and it also saw the marathon in Japan. Well, that's where uh, I want to start, Johnny. That's where I want to start. This is a remarkable story. And look, Jen Gregson, who's been on this show, we've had her on this show, and we spoke about on the back of her first ever marathon, we spoke about all that had gone down and transpired since Tokyo in 2021, and the new barb, and the Achilles injury, and two bouts of... This is... This is one of the most remarkable things we'll see in Australian athletics. She runs a 2.23. She's the third fastest Australian of all time. There is a Paris Olympic qualifying time for left, right, and centre. This is incredible, Johnny. This is an incredible story. No, Jen's like, and I say this, but I'm lucky enough to be. I actually did compete on a team with Jen. <laughs> yes, you did. Actually happened, you did. That actually happened. <laughs> Uh, and I was actually told you I was actually there mm-hmm. with her husband and the father of her child. Uh, they met, so I was there from from the minute he laid, he actually said to me, "I like this girl." So that's a really for me, it's uh, it's a pretty cool story. And you know, um, it the one thing I know about Jen from when she was a Florida Gator um, is that Jen's a fighter, man. So none of this surprises me. You you might think, man, this is cool, but it's. Sadly, it's like, yeah, that's what Jen does. You know, she defies the odds. She finds another way to win, um, and she goes out there and, and she and she makes it happen. The question I have for Jen mm-hmm. is: I know she's a winner. I know she's going to want to win. And just like Bet Robinson, Bet took a massive step into playing in the numbers that can get you a medal. Um, is this something Jen's doing for the love of the sport? Um, and she's only done it. You know, she's just she's just the beginning for her. Um, I think she has the ability, if she keeps in the trajectory that she's going, to be a serious player when it comes to women's marathon. I mean, she's got a good turn of foot. She's got massive heart. She gives it her all. And I think they're all the, the makeups that you need for a great marathon runner. So I know she is in the September of her career. Um, and 
she's made the right moves and her coach Nick Badeau, I mean, and, and obviously Ryan's been playing a massive part. Ryan Grapeson, that is, in helping her get to where she is now. Um, and also, it's that it's that post baby effect too that is really we often see in track and field to the history of track and field that uh, it just puts a spark hormonally in 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 the mothers that uh, that 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 become uh, post their birth, which is which is awesome. So the strength that she showed is just next level, man. So really thoroughly enjoying watching the space, and I think. Uh, if there's someone you're going to back for heart, it'll be Jen. So I've ran you past my motherhood theory on athletics, haven't I? No. Have I, we spoken I, about this? I don't know. If, do we, what, after hours? On, on no, I, I, I just think there's nothing just more... After hours, No, there's nothing more painful, I don't think, that a human can do than give birth, right? So, so oh, like... You know what's even more painful? No, no, what's even he, more painful? Oh, what? Is the first two years... <laughs> Okay. Raise something that does not communicate with you. You don't know what's going on. It's constantly latched onto you. They constantly deprive you of sleep. I, I take my hat off to my missus. I, I looked at her like, you know, you killed it. Forget the Olympics. You killed it. Well, well, Jen Gregson's in this situation with childbirth and in the first two years. So, like, yeah. when she's 38 k's down of a marathon and it's hurting, she's been through the pain barrier of motherhood. You, you often yeah. quite see, it, like, and not just in track and field and athletics, although we've seen some of the best marathon runners in this country in recent times be mums and arm mums. But the fact is, you're 37 or 38 k's, Johnny Steph, and you're hurting. But then you think to yourself, hang on a second, I gave birth. I just gave birth. Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, that is more painful than this. No, 100%. I also think for Jen that, you know, she, um, you know, the great escape for her yep. um, on what a lot of men don't talk about and what a lot of people don't talk about is the post-baby that a lot of women go through in recovery. It's not just after the baby's had that it's done. Um, a lot of women suffer from PND, postnatal depression, um, and I think it's fantastic what Jenny's doing because she's getting back out there, and that could be a way that she is making sure she keeps everything. Uh, I know it's getting a bit deep here, but um, it's something that's close to my heart, having three kids with with my partner and um, understanding sort of what goes on behind the scenes. And I think, you know, that could be playing a huge, they, they do say exercise is really good for women post, um, post having a baby. So I think this is just a natural, I think evolution for Jen. You know, yep. Have a baby, feel strong, get back. She's torn her Achilles. That was, you know, one hurdle, got over that. Then she's had a baby. She's like, that's not a hurdle for her. She wanted to have a baby. Nope. She feels like, man, I've got over Achilles. Hey, having a baby. Uh, I got that out. I mean, I'm, I, I'm used to, Defying the odds and conquering adversity. So, um, yeah, no, man. I think it's like I said. It's just going to come down to now. Um, she was a serious player in the in the steeplechase, mm-hmm. uh, and when she, whenever she stepped on the track for the steeple, she wanted to win, and she believed she could medal. She believed she could win. Um, I think now, now she's going to be in this transition of going, okay, cool, I'm third fastest time, but now I want to be the best. So um, this is going to be a really interesting time to watch uh, if Jen can make that progression. I'll tell you who I don't at all feel... Well, actually, I feel pretty sorry for them right now. It's the Australian Athletic Selectors because these women are running fast and they are all absolutely, every single individual right now of these girls who have broken the qualifying time can absolutely feel like they should have an opportunity to go to Paris. Of course, um, a very close friend of of this particular show who we had on not too long ago, Sinead Diver. So she is the fastest, right? 221.34s of Valencia. 
We know she's flying. She's been able to continually run well. But not just Jen Gregson, who, who, who for a little bit, in fact, more than a little bit, looked like she was going to break 223 over the weekend. Then runs an 08 in her second ever, of course. Your situation where you've got Isabel Bat-Doyle, who is really good as well, stable mate of, of Gregson. She ran a 223.27. Lisa Waitman, who's been an Australian representative a number of times, at, you know, 224. Yeah, it, it is yeah. remarkable. She's already ran a 223.15 in, in Osaka at the start of the year. Yeah. Uh, Wellings ran pretty well as well. This is We're going to have five. We talk about depth. Johnny, we, we yeah. talk about depth. We're going to have five or six women who we legitimately can sit back and say they are all absolute top 20, 25 marathon runners in the world. And it's not going to be easy to whittle five of them down to three considering they've all now no. broken the qualifying time. And, and the problem you're going to have too, Cam, is that most of those uh, ladies are in the September of their career. I mean, yeah. you, do, you do age like a fine wine in the marathon mm-hmm. and you, know, you, sort of, you sort of age into the event. Um, but it's 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 you know they're, they're, th- this could be the last Olympics for for some of them. Yeah, so, I mean they'll be throwing everything at making sure they're selected for Paris. Um, and you're right. I think as long as the selection um, makes it as, and when I say this, it's really hard to understand, but makes it as um, fair and as clear as possible. Um, then when you find yourself in a position having five strong women or five strong men. Um, to be able to make a position of three spots. I think if it's very clear um, and the rules ain't changed for certain people, then I think we will see the best three girls or boys compete in any event come Paris. I think it's just when you start to get subjective on certain results and stuff, I think that's when it goes pear-shaped. But again, I think, you know, we haven't had selection issues for the last year and a half, two years. So Andrew Fakeney and high performance team and the selectors have done, whether that is because people clearly selected themselves, mm-hmm. whether that's because the selection criteria and policy has been clearly defined, um, the jury's still out on that. But uh, historically, we always had issues with selection. But you're, you're quite right, man. When you've got five trying to fit in the three, it doesn't work, Cam. So, um, you well, know, what it does, it drives, it drives performance. It does. Right? And it, it pushes the, each other. And, you know, I remember when we, we were in the 400 metres in 2004, there was six trying to go a seven, sorry, trying to go in a mm-hmm. three spots for Olympic Games. Um, and and because of that, we got a silver medal because our depth became such so good. You'd be created a good relay team. So um, um, this is always very exciting, man, when you have these sort of opportunities and these options. The only issue or the only difference is... When do they make the announcement, Johnny? Like, it's a situation where with the 400 metres and you've spoken about a runoff and you, you're in Europe and you're in the middle of your European season and you've got the qualifying times, you've got national championships that have obviously been held and all the rest of it. it it's, a little, it's a little easier to be able to work out who's in form if there is a huge amount. You, you can't do that in a marathon. Like, you, you can't no. do that. Like, oh, I'm not certain. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that's why it's got to be very clear mm-hmm. that... Uh, everybody knows what are the parameters that they're mm-hmm. working with and it, is it too simple same... is it too simple just to have a cutoff date and say the three fastest women are going is that too simple I mean in theory no I mean I, I, I tend to I tend to like that I think that's very easy as long as they're all the qualifying time mm-hmm. I mean I think that's that's quite easy right I mean I don't think that's really 
really difficult. Um, um, but you know, sometimes you know, I, you know, you you might find that an athlete like Jen Lacaz needs more marathons. Mm-hmm. And and if you're talking about pedigree, if you're talking about just like horses, man, you're talking about the Melbourne Cup, you might say, man, she she's one run away from actually doing something great. Mm-hmm. We say somebody like maybe uh, another runner, Jill Johnson. Um, yeah, she she got her timing right and, and ran and got the, the qualifying time, but she gets to the game, and that's that's where track and field becomes really difficult. And that's when you have this high performance team and to know, right? So that's where those sort of things play foul, you know. Um, and but in selection, is always very difficult. Cam, I'm not it trying is. to sit in the fence here or or, or or to take it out, um, but I agree with you. I think if you know the date, know the time. The problem is that. Um, you know, if the date's too close to Olympic Games, could mess up your preparation. The date's too far away, you could show your cards way too early, and and you know, injury can happen between the, the selection date and 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 the comp. That's when, that's when, which I think our team does well now. That's when you have your two reserves. That's when the coaches should communicate, be open, and field the best team for Australia. It's something which I always did. People thought I was selfish. People thought that I was being a brat. But I just, no one knew behind the scenes. I would say, if I'm not good enough to run. Someone else should run in my spot because I wanted to win. And if I didn't feel I could win, there's no point in me being out there. And if he thinks he can win or she, then let him run. Like, that's always what I stood for. And through clear communication, I mean, I pulled out 08 Olympic Games because I just wasn't good enough in the individual. But I was running fast enough to make Diamond League, so I could have still ran. But I didn't feel I could win. So, so just take us through that. Yeah. So, take us through that because it is interesting that. So, you put your hand up, talk us through 08 heading towards Beijing. What happened with you? No, I, I, I had a great 07, finished yep. number three in the world with the world tour points. Um, and I ended up getting um, appendicitis right before Olympic Games and then tore my hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So I just I just battled all year and I had the court case with Glennis Nunn that year. Um, and it just was a really tough year, man. And um, uh, I ended up running uh, 45 mid or something like that, which is still relatively good. Ran in Monaco, did, did all, all that stuff but I just I didn't feel I've been going from 06 winning Commonwealth 07 being matching with the best in the world going 08 just felt wrong like I was like I'll be lucky to get top 16 you know I mean, what, what the hell is that going to get me you know and um do, do you I, I just just to, on that though I'm sorry to interject but I do look back the Olympic Games is the Olympic Games right it, very few no, people have, have the no opportunity regrets. you don't have any regrets about that no okay. no regrets at all because yep. I started the career to win medals yep and I started my career to, to be the very best and if I can't be the very best, that's my vocation and that was my goals. I don't care what anyone else thought, whatever else would do. And that's where I think the communication breakdown with AA was always because when I started, I realized I had to be in America, I had to have the best coach in the world, I had to really put all the one percenters in because I was a guy that didn't have as much talent as say your Jeremy Warriors or or your Wade Van Nierkirk or some but I knew I had a good work ethic and I knew I had the heart and the ability to and the self belief to get through those things to make up where I'd lost in a bit of talent. Um, so when I made decisions, my decisions were based on winning. So when I said I don't want to race the Australian season, it wasn't because I thought I was too good for the Australian mm-hmm. season. It was because my body couldn't handle running the Australian season. The doctors were saying that. The very best coach in the world was saying that. And I was saying that, saying I feel the same way. I need a reprieve so I can focus on the European season and really attack these Americans and Europeans um, come come the games. And that's where all the breakdowns stopped because they felt that they should, they had the right to control and dictate how you run your season. I'm saying, well, you're not paying me any money. If you're paying me a wage, you're correct, like rugby union or rugby league, yeah, you tell me where you want me to race. I'm your investment. Um, when you're just merely giving me a blazer, 
and you pay for my ticket to go to the games four grand and it's cost me 150000 in medical bills all year. It's cost me another 50000 in accommodation in America. It's got, it cost me all this money to run. I don't think you should have that much input. You should assist me to get to where I want to get to. And I think that's the change now when you look at the high-performance no team doubt. and Andrew Fakey now. I think they're actually communicating with the code. Look at Paul Burgess. You look at Curtis Marshall. You look at Nina Kennedy. I think the conversations that I had now is about, okay, how can we assist you? These are the parameters we have that we need you to kind of work with us. But we can shape it for you if it makes sense to us as well. And I think that's the evolution and difference from when I used to compete to where it is now. Mm. So, um, But again, it was my vocation is I just wanted to win, mate. So, um, yeah, I mean, I pulled out of Delhi 2010. I reckon I would have won Commonwealth Games in Delhi, without a doubt. Without a doubt, man. You know, I had one race that year, and I came second in Nationals, ran 45-2, and I, they won Delhi in 45-5. You know, like I, 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 I... Again, I didn't feel the greatest, and I didn't feel like I could run 43 seconds. So I was like, well, I'm not running. I, I it's a different argument, Dally, though, in, in all due respect to the Com Games in, in 2010. It's a different argument to go to the Com Games uh, with a slower time, probably realistic, compared to Olympic Games, though, right? Yeah, but again, I wanted to be the very best in yep. the world. So um, every time I stepped on the track, that and call you can call me delusional, you can call me what you want, but I reach for the stars. And- no. Got off the ground, and, and that was and that was that was my goal. Like I, I saw, I walked into Australian athletics at twenty years of age, and I saw a bunch of really weak people um, that were happy with sub, like really sub mediocre performances. And then there was a few anomalies, like your Kathy Freeman's, your Carl Vanderkypes, um, Matt Shervington. He was he was pretty good at that time of how what he wanted to achieve in the sport. He really wanted to win. And there was a small group within the within the Australian team that really wanted to win. And I loved that part of it. And I was like, okay, I want to be in that part. Then I went to World Championships. I saw the rest of the world. And I saw how their attitude was. And I made a conscious decision that I always wanted to be on the high performance end of winning in the sport. I didn't want to be happy just to wear a blazer. And I made that choice. And once I made that choice, I had to live by that choice. I couldn't pick and choose when I wanted to be a participant and when I wanted to be a winner. Mm. You know what I mean? So I just that was my career. But that evolved. Did that, that mindset, and we have digressed, but I find it so interesting. Did that evolve as you got deeper into your career? Because in Olympic Games leading into 2004, uh, and you did medal in 2004, obviously part of that great relay team, but like then you know, it's really on the back of 2006 probably where you were one of the best athletes in the world, right? Like it wasn't like, you know, in 2004, they had said, oh, Johnny, you think you win gold? No, nah, I don't think we got, I can win gold, so I'm not going to go. That, that, that had to have changed at a certain point. Oh, uh, yeah. Funny enough, Cam, um, you can ask Patrick Dwyer, Clinton Hill, and Mark Omrod, um I always thought I was the best. Yeah, I, I, so, I, so, I'm so, not so against I, that. I, I just always, think that at some I point. Always thought, no, I always thought I could win. Yeah. I, I legitimately, I mean, every now and then I understood I was getting into a race and I might be tired or something. I knew it was going to be a tough race. But every time I stepped to the line, I believe I had a, a chance to win. Where this change was in 2014, when I when I the year I retired, I realized I couldn't win, and I knew I had to retire. And that was probably the only games I ever just participated in, which was Commonwealth. So I still ran really and ran well, but that was probably the only games I hung on to be part of the team because I wanted to finish my career making a national team. Um, but every other team up until that point, um, when I stepped on the track, my firm belief that that um, when mano or mano racing with somebody, I could I could I could give them the business. Well, thanks to Kim's Warehouse.
We're going to squeeze a break. We want to hear a little bit of Jen Gregson, who joined us a couple of months ago and talking a little bit about her journey and her beliefs about how the marathon world is going to go. I'll put this straight up, Johnny Steph. I, I, I think it's almost certain she'll go to Paris. I'd be stunned. She's gone. She absolutely. She's gone. She will go. Right now, she's wearing a beret. So, she's eating a baguette. This is. It's got for breakfast. Hey, 100%. That's going to sound like what we're going to be doing in Paris while she's uh, running yeah. 42Ks. But I think uh, Sinead Diver will definitely go. I think Jen Gregson will definitely go. And then it becomes very murky because we have a great deal of depth. I want to talk about Brett Robinson. Okay, if if, if yeah. Eloise Wellings is healthy, I, I think Eloise See? gets the third spot. A- absolutely. But then that's, you know, that's. But that's Lisa, the... Wait- Lisa Waitman is a beast. Man. Absolutely. So, you know, you, yeah, hey, because it's cool. easy about duels hey. a joke too, man. So, you know, you start, it, that becomes, you know what I mean? So, it, it's, yeah, it's, I think those two, I think those two, I think Jen, I think Jen, is, she's, yeah, she's eating chocolate croissants as we speak. Oh. I could triumph. It, 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 it doesn't always, you know, make a great deal of sense when I sit here and say how cool it is when there's going to be heartache attached to a couple of these, maybe three or four of these athletes and not being able to get on that plane to Paris. But it's, it's such a great thing for Australian athletics and the marathon oh, run I'd love to see that in yeah. 100 and 400. I know mm. I'm selfish for sprinting, but I'd love yeah. to see that. So would I. Again, the days of, days of when that 100 is stacked. for, And we almost had it in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, we, had, we had a number of young guns. And, um, you know, I know, I know, you know, a long jump, like, you know, like just different events seeing that sort of depth. And I reckon we're getting there, Ken. I agree. Hey, just, just quickly, while we're at it, Britt Robinson. Uh, you mentioned it. You alluded it off the top. I, I like this guy because he just has a crack. He's just all about running fast. He's trying to lower his, his national record. He falls a little bit short, still runs a 208. He's a, he, he's a bull, I don't know him personally. I don't think I've ever spoken to him, Johnny. He's a bulldog. He's, he's an absolute bulldog, and I love it. We've got to get him on the we show. We do. It's a personal, personal friend of mine. Um, we, we, we're with Stu McSwain. We need to go down to Melbourne Track Club to train down in, in Wayland. Brent was... Always there. Oh, I love Brent, man. He's, he's such a small dude with a massive heart, man. Like he's just a real. Um, and to see him in it, to see him what he's doing in the marathon, mm. just. Um, I think he's actually getting better and better and better. His running technique, his style. If you watch his evolution of Brent, I reckon the marathon suits him a lot better. The way his tempo is, the way he carries his running gait, it's really cool for the marathon compared to when he was on the track. Always felt in the track like his running gait broke down as the pace picked up because he just didn't have the strength. I'll say the biggest sort of Kenyan. African and European runners and it sort of looked like when he was running that he would start to chop a little bit and he'd find it really hard in the back in the race to when the turn of pace happened. I find now that with the marathon he can squeeze the pace constantly and just break these guys down man and you watch him now he's running this marathon he's just chipped away at his time so I, I, I think we've got to get Brett on the show because I'd love to mm-hmm. ask him these questions um, and man imagine seeing him you know win a medal in Paris you know I, I probably would cry man like 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 I, 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 he's just, he's just a top dude, man. He's, he's just one of the one, one of the all-time good guys, man. He, he's one of those athletes that it wouldn't stun me if he got to Paris and did just something magical. A, a medal is well within his grasp. Yeah. He, he, he's a, he's a, and I, I, I say this in the most complimentary way possible. He is a maniac bulldog when he runs, and I love it. I love the way he goes about it. I love what he did in the weekend. I love the fact that he's attacking it, and I love the fact that when they get to Paris. They're going to line up on the line, and we know well, that he's attacked, going to give he everything. He did. I can. He, he, he did. The weekend and and it just sort of let go of him after thirty-seven k's. He sort of, um, but you have to do those sort of things to know what your body can and can't do. And um, do you know how guts it takes to do that, Cam? Um, after you know thirty-seven kilometers, to be able to still try to 
keep to a marker, keep to a pace and be able to push. And then, no, you've still got, no, you still have 5.9 kilometers. Mm -hmm. left, man. Like it's, you saw him cross the line. He just, you could have saw it. And that's a winner, right? We're talking about winning again. You saw him deflated because his own goals of yep. winning was maybe running a certain time, right? And, you know, you saw him just be like, yikes, man, besides being completely exhausted, you kind of saw him just be like, man, I, I had a, you know, I'm still a little bit away from my goal. So, um, I agree with you, man. The bulldog. I'm excited. The bulldog. I, I hope he takes that in a way it's meant to be taken, and it's a very positive way. Hey, can you get to a break? We have a little bit of Jen Gregson chat from where we chatted to her a couple of months ago because she is in ripping form, and I want to go back and have a little listen to what she was talking about the marathon and her goals, and probably now how drastically they have changed on the back of a, a wonderful run over the course of the weekend. Quick break, plenty more. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse and the House of Hats. Next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Ats. Johnny, Steph, Cam, Luke, all around Australia via the SN Radio Network. This is the House of Ats. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Now, we're going to get to some very important news shortly, Johnny, to give you an opportunity. You talk about winning. You've got an opportunity to win that I'm not even certain you are aware of. But we'll get to that very shortly. Uh, this is Adepec. The weather wasn't great. The conditions were a little damp. But another wonderful, wonderful night of racing. The, the men's 10,000 was incredible. Of course, Jack Rayner, the hat trick. And he uh, is someone who, no doubt, you talk about athletes who leave it out there, absolutely leave it out there. And you had three of them there. Of course, uh, the Irishman, Patrick Tiernan as well. Yeah. And, of course, with uh, Rayner, it was, it was fun to watch. With the uh, with also the uh, Andrew Koskarin stealing the uh, stealing the chocolates right at the end there as well, uh, Cam. But uh, but being obviously not from Australia, Jack uh, takes the victory for the Australian title. But yeah, um, I'll tell you this, Cam. Um, Jack is someone which I think we will see. I know he's dibble dabbled in a marathon, but someone that we will see, I reckon, jump in with Brett and um, and. Create some havoc as well, mate. He's a little fighter as well. We talked about being the bulldog. Um, this guy's like the honey badger, mate. He um, he he doesn't stop, you know. So um, you know, Patrick Tiernan did what he had to do. He did on the nineties. You know, Patrick's got such a great style, and he, and again, another great, great human being, man. And um, but again, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys, like we've seen with Brett, um, uh, Cam, you know, I know um, their co their coaches will be pushing them um, to take that next step. And that's what it's all about. I mean, I know we, in this world we live in now, man, we like to soften everything and give everyone participation awards and how great it is to be a part of things. And I, and I think that's cool for people's spirit and morale so they don't get depression and I get it. But you're playing elite, high-performance sport, and it's about winning. And these guys and girls are trying to win and be the very best in the world. There will be no doubt in the world that every day that they sacrifice, that they're thinking about being Kipchoge, um, being the Faith Kipiagon, being the Usain Bolt, being the Mike Powell of their events, right? And that's just the way it goes. Um, so, you know, watching Zatopek uh, is so early for these guys and girls to be running. And I think the performances rep represented that. And it's still December. Um, but again, man, it's about we've seen the greatest ever Australian team perform in Budapest because we started converting these finals and these semifinals into medals. Um and I think that's that is the 
that's the key of the mentality change with an Australian athlete now is that we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. How about the women's chemist warehouse 10,000? Incredible, because it was not dissimilar, in fact, almost identical to the men's. It was a three-woman race. It was a real battle. Uh, Davies, Rose Davies was involved there. Holly Campbell, of course, Rose Davies has won this a couple of times. But the 200-metre mark, something had to give, and, and Lauren Ryan, she put the head down, and she just belted him in the end. She straighted him. She was able to celebrate into the straight as well, which you always like to see in this type of situation. It was a gutsy run because so much goes into it. She spoke so well on the back of it. She was questioning, could she do it? A couple of laps out, then all of a sudden at 200, she said, it's time. And uh, it's, it's a testament. She, she gave us a testament to herself and to her coach. It's a gutsy win. Yeah, well, that's what you got to do, Cam. When mm. you're finding yourself Olympic Games next year, um, and especially being at home, being in Australia, uh, you got to find find a way to win, right? Um, and you know, it's always nice when it comes to 200 meters to go, and you get you get the Amato Amato showdown uh, towards. And I think that's just what Zadipek needed to fire up the night. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, again, I'm a very hard market Cam, and, you are? and I look at it, I look at it like. You know, this is all very nice and it's good. And it's the first, very, very first competition for the season, the Australian summer season, the chemist warehouse summer season. So, you know, um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what races they choose from here on in, uh, what their season plans look like and how they peak towards Paris, towards Paris um, whilst navigating selection. You know, it was also great to see the other events, seeing Bandiri, uh, Aboya, uh, back on the track, yeah. you know, after having a little bit of a retirement there, um, she just missed out on Tamsin Lewis Minor's record in the uh, in the six hundred, um, and then also see my boy Matt Ramsden, man, he was back in action, got the got the W there. Matt Ramsden is a guy, which we we he competed at Nitro Athletics in Team Bolt, um, and he was uh, we called him Rambo. I. I I had big, big props on this on on Rambo, man. Fellow South African as well, um, and just he loves to win, man. I'm really hoping this. He's had a few injuries. Um, he's really sort of the transition to becoming pro has really been quite a difficult one for him. I'm really hoping we we see him emerge um, and do his thing. You know, um, what's his best this distance? Guy's a talent. Man, I, I like a 1500 for mm. him, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what he's. I don't know what. Uh, him and uh, and bidders are doing. I, I'm not quite sure, mate. You know, like on what the plan. But Nick is is a magician with that sort of stuff. But um, but yeah, I I, I I loved him. You know, in the mile, in the fifteen, he chest a fighter, mate. You know, like we keep talking about the bulldog, the honey badger, Jack Rayner. Yeah, you just got you just got this guy Rambo, man, that comes out and he's just you know he's ready for war anytime. He, he if, if those that that want to see Rambo in true effect, watch type in YouTube. Uh, the elimination mile uh, for Nitro Athletics, and watch my boy Rambo go, man. He's but you saying was a massive fan of his, mate. So um, it's good to see him at the W uh, uh, as well, mate. Injuries absolutely have been you know, not a death knell to his career, but it's most certainly stalled the momentum of it at different times. So it's good to see him come out and and look relatively healthy and, and getting fitter. I, I am interested because he, I thought he's a fifteen hundred meter runner, but he might be a five thousand meter runner or better suited to the five thousand at this stage of his career. But you know. I guess we'll all find out as we get through well, the Kimmers Warehouse well, Australian like, summer. Well, look, look, it's not not for us to decide or or, or make assumptions. I think Nick has a Nick Badeau has a track record of finding the best distances for his athletes. So we'll leave it with him. Um, uh, and and maybe maybe Matt's evolved as he's matured into a five k runner. He's got a good turn of foot, which will help him in a five k. Really beautiful stride. Um, 
it's, I think this injury is sort of letting that down a little bit, man. But uh, we, mate, to see, I'm telling you, he is, and I'll put my name on it, he Hit is it. a medal winner. He is a medal winner for mm-hmm. Australia. The guy is an animal, mate. The guy is a super-duper talent. I, this Unbelievable is the, talent. This is the best thing about athletics right now in this country, Johnny Steph, and it's why we are able to do this, because the faith in the athletes who compete and compete well week in, week out, all across the world, allows this show to really happen because if no one was doing anything great then we wouldn't have this show in in all honesty uh the very fact is that we have so many of these athletes who we have high hopes for going into an olympic year it feels like the most we've ever had i know we touch on this a lot i know that we touch on the depth but it's it's 100 percent true he's another guy who injuries as we touch on means he's been a little lower profile in recent years and he hasn't quite been able to get yes. going just yet yes. but Yes. If he's fit and healthy, yeah, this is a national know. championship. We, hey, are you back for the nationals? Of course, I'm back. For yeah, the I'm, I'm not going to miss the fireworks. But listen to this. I'm going to get there. You absolutely know it, and and this is why the show exists. And you do you do talk about that. Um, is to really educate the general sports fan about what it takes to be an elite track and field runner or jumper or participant. It's it, it's. You're dealing with the very best in the world yep. with very little barriers to entry, man. You know, so it's you know, it's very, very, very hard. So a guy like Matt Ramsden, you take him anywhere in the world and he's lighting up anybody. Mm-hmm. You just put him in the Gold League or Diamond League, you're dealing with the very, very best in the world, which makes it he doesn't get the light that he deserves because nope. he comes eighth or he comes tenth mm-hmm. against the yep. very, very best in the world. So people then excuse my French, but they shit on that. And they say, oh, man, he, you know, he's not. And, and that's what I've hated about our sport we're from the media and from everybody and why I'm loving me in this position. Well, I appreciate what you do, Cam. It's because we're able to actually give it context now. We're actually be able to give, give performances context, right? And allow people to understand how great this person, he or she is, when they compete for Australia and what their performance means. And I'll be honest, if the performance is no good, I'm going to say it. You know me, Cam. I'm mm-hmm. going to say, hey. I, I don't think it was that good. They need to get better. And that's my opinion, making it mad at me, right? But I've pretty much done this sport for over 20 years. I think my opinion, I, I try and be as unbiased as possible and be as objective as possible, my opinion, based upon the result, based upon who it is and where they are in their life, right? Um, and that's why I'm on the show. But um, I think what we've done this whole year is actually give perspective. And for guys like Matthew Ramsden, for people like Jim Lacaz, about what great they really are doing just because they didn't win the gold medal or break the world record. Yeah, they're nice. Don't get me wrong. That, 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 yeah, you're the very best in the world, right? But given a perspective, so I really wanted to nail that down, Cam, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because you're 100% correct. Now, I think you nailed it. We're here to a break, but talking about winning, talking about winning and having an opportunity to win something, and honestly, this would be history for yourself, Johnny's death. We're going to get to it next because I'm not even certain you're aware of this. I am central, I am central, 100%, as deep involved in this competition as I possibly could be. I'm going to explain it next right here, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Aths. Well, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. It's the House of Aths. Johnny, Steph, Cam, Luke. You can get involved anytime you like. 0433981116. We've already spoken a lot about Jen Gregson, and understandably so. Just thought we might a little rewind here because she joined us around three months ago on the back of her first marathon. Let's have a little listen of one, how she took that in, but also what her goals were. And if they're going to change, you think, 
your opinion on the back of the 223 over the weekend. But that's why, yeah, I'll t- walk you through it because the reason why I picked marathon is because I can pick whatever I want for any race. I can pick a race to be competitive and try be a Jess Stenson and, and try win a com games or I can be a Sinead diver and, and go get in a fast race and test my absolute limits of the human body and see how fast I can run. The marathon is fulfilling in any way you approach it. You you can win a race and and hang your hat on on the gold medal or you can go and just show people how fast you can be. And I want to do that over my career now and and just test myself in every different way. I'll, I do want to do some majors and see how high I can finish. I want to do some more com games and win a medal. Um, I want to go to some more Olympics and and finish higher up the ninth. Like there's so many things that I haven't achieved yet in my career. And even though I can look back on it and be proud of what I've done, I don't feel finished yet. And I feel like there are things in this new event that I can achieve. She's flying. We have to get her back on ASAP on this particular show to talk about what 2024 looks like and if the goals have changed based on her wonderful second ever marathon. A quick break, plenty more. All thanks to Kemmer's Warehouse on the House of Hats next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Get big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. This is the House of Hats. It's the House of Ass right around the nation, wherever you might be. Hello to you. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. You can get involved, 0433981116. Now, Johnny, we're going to get out of here, but before we do, are you aware? Are you aware of the third-person self-congratulator of the year award that is the number one award on Off the Bench Saturday mornings right across the nation and in New Zealand in some parts with Hutchie and Pickers? Are you aware of this award? No, I heard you and Benny, our producer, talking about yep. it. Um and uh, it's been a long life dream of mine mm-hmm. uh, to actually get recognised uh, for something like this. So I'm really hoping. Well, you hang on, you haven't won it yet. You haven't won it yet. I just want to. I'm just hoping you're going down the road of what I'm thinking about. Again. No, so hang on. There's one week left. There's one week yeah. left. Yeah. You, it is a tie between you, JCZ, and David Taggart, who I do SEN track with. I am central. To both contestants. David Taggart? Yeah. David Taggart? Who the hell is David Taggart? Get him out of here. Like, it's, Jay, it's Jay Blaze. David, I love you, but it's just, it's just the Johnny Blaze show, man. JP's in the building. Come on, let's get it. Hang well, on. You can't say you, who, who is David Taggart then tell him that you love him. You have no idea who he is. No, I love his aspirations. I love his dreams. I can't knock a man for that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it's the Johnny Blaze show, man. I mean, Jay Steve's been out here grafting on this show, man, 24-7. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's only right that I get us some awards. Cam, you ain't bringing no awards to the show. i got to bring Agreed. something, Cam. Agree. Only thing you're bringing is buckets full of cash because you're winning. Oh, please. Hey. So anyway, by, by this time next week, we'll know if you've taken out the third person self-congratulator of the year. Uh, of course. What, what did you did, did you give yourself a nickname or anything after you did Melbourne Commonwealth Games? Yeah, it was in John We Trust. <laughs> that stuck too. Dave Colbert, man, he ran that for a long time for me. God bless him. <laughs> IJWT, I still sign up for that. And the name of my trust, like for the family yeah. trust, is in John We Trust. No, it is not. I swear. Legally. Legally. Ah! Come on, man. Ain't no flies on the J. 
Ain't no flies on me, buddy. Come on, man. Damn, it's why we're boys, Ken. Don't don't fake the funk on the show, man. It's why you got mad love for your boy. It's why you're perplexed every time we hang out. You, me, and Brown Dog. You're oh, perplexed. You, well, you walk away rattled just going, hey, what, what did I experience? Well, there's two things. The Brown Dog's currently in Argentina climbing a mountain. And secondly, it has come to my attention, even though I haven't officially signed on yet, that uh, our man Mario has reserved a spot for me. I believe I haven't spoken to him yet for New York Tokyo. Marathon. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need support. Mate, shout out, shout out to the big guy, man. Yeah. Um, I think Mars, he he, he uh, ran the week and a half marathon, mm-hmm. did another PB. Uh, yeah, he was he was stoked with that, and I love, I love to give him a shout out, not only because he's the boss, and looks like we're trying to keep our jobs, Cam, but yeah. because he's an inspiration, and we talked about that about him inspiring his team. At CW and also inspiring others out there, and he's he's in he's in good shape. He was pumped, mate. So he was uh, funny story. I, I said to him, um, I said, "What do you what do you do for warm up before the marathon?" He goes, "Oh, I do a couple of leg swings, some squats." And I'm like, oh, "What? What do you think? Are you got to do a warm up?" So he did his first warm up on the weekend, uh, and he got a little bit of a PB. So was, um, he, yeah, he's uh, mate. This is a guy. He just keeps getting better and, he better, does. and better every time he runs. So, so those rec runners that are out there. Um, you know, it, he's uh, he's done very, very well. And um, we've got to start a comp for Mario. I'd like to get listeners to challenge mm-hmm. Mario. Same age, over distance, same time running, and uh, get get Mario and, and put Mario in as our, as our horse, mate. And then we get all comers to come in and challenge our boy. Uh, wow. You're just setting up people to fail because I, I don't think they'd be able mean? to go with Mario. Honestly, what Mario's yeah, been able to do since not running until COVID hit, to what he's doing now is one of the most. You think Jen? Yeah, you think honestly that Jen Gregson's one of the great Australian athletic stories in recent times. Mario's right up there. He's right up there, and especially when he's wearing the Puma DB at Elites, man. I mean, <laughs> if, if, if you don't come with a pair of those, you, you really have no chance. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right, Cam. But I, I, I reckon we just get to tune our boy up a little bit more, um, and then I reckon we throw out to the all comers. We'll see. We'll, we'll run it by Mars and see what he reckons about it. Well, maybe we should have some type of House of Ass Chemist Warehouse like 5K run prior to Paris. Yeah. We just all get out there and just see what happens. Well, no, no, no. You guys, I agree we all get out there. Johnny Steph blows the gun. Come on, man. run. I give out the medals. You've got 5Ks in you. Easily. Five slow Ks. And again, I'm a winner. What's the point of doing that? Oh, mate, to enjoy, get some health and, and do a great thing for Chemist Warehouse in this show. Anyway, on to next week. Make sure you guys tune in. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are getting out of here. Oh, hey, you've got the, the, you're on the pole vaulters? Yeah. We've run out of time, so we'll do it next week. Uh, third person self-congratulator of the year. So I'll leave the last word to you, Johnny. You got anything to say? I have absolutely nothing to say except that you disappoint me, Cam. You let me down again. Hey, another week. I'm keeping the record alive, baby. <laughs> I love you, man. 